0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit Freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: In the studio tonight, it is myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. <laughs> Joining me tonight.
2: It's Nikki.
1: And Mark. I had asked you guys previously if you had heard of FOBO.
2: Yes. Right, everybody yep.
1: knows FOMO is fear of missing out. Yep. Well, this from Zero Hedge, young people begin to freak out about AI taking their jobs, survey reveals. Now, this is weird because, uh, Mark, you and I are about the same age. I remember the, the, the growing up, the big complaint against uh, immigration was, they're taking our gerbs. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. Right? Robots Park, are the new immigrants. South Park did a whole thing on it, right? You know, they're taking our gerbs and all that kind of thing. It, it's become a meme of itself. Yep. Yeah. And
3: so apparently, the new fear of. Which they're taking our jobs was so much better than the fear that came before that, which is we won't have jobs because the Japanese are going to make everything.
1: (laughs) Well, it turns out it's the Chinese.
3: (laughs) Right. Well, but but it won't be soon. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It'll be somebody else. It's those darn Bangladeshis working for nothing.
1: Well, I I heard somebody argue that one of the reasons that uh, computer automation. Not necessarily AI, but stuff that you know kind of resembles what AI is trying to do to industries uh, hasn't come to full fruition yet because there are still financially destitute people to be exploited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So that that is to say that it's still cheaper to hire offshore labor to do all sorts of things than it is to employ or deploy automation, computer automation, industrial automation, which is sure. would be computerized that type of a thing. And I don't remember the exact specifics of the argument, but like I was convinced. I'm like that makes total sense. That's why you know. And in fact, what has happened with the information re- revolution, the internet, if you will, the information superhighway, is uh, the the net effect, if you will, no pun intended, is uh, bureaucracy has grown. Mm-hmm. Right? There's more paper pushers, more desk jobs, more data entry to be done because these databases don't update themselves okay. yet. Now AI might do that. AI aims to replace automated tasks. Anything that can be easily automated can be done by AI. So if you find yourself in a job where it's routine, where you're constantly inputting the same sets of information into different databases or something along those lines, uh, or you have to do data analysis, mm-hmm. you have to like sort of interpret the information. Like all these things are probably going away between the combination of AI and the blockchain. Because the blockchain can serve as an indisputable record that's permanent and public, uh, and AI can actually automate the tasks. So to answer the question, and this article will talk about it, FOBO is the fear
3: of becoming obsolete. Phobo Becoming obsolete. All right. right. I
2: mean, I guess I understand the fear, but I personally think it's a good thing that a lot of these jobs are being replaced by AI and other, you know, automated things like mm-hmm. the self-checkout. That's a big one that a lot of older folks are
1: so, Drumpy I mean, about. up oh, in
2: arms about. Like There's are, a bunch of like,
1: libertarians that are like, hey, uh, you don't pay me 20 bucks an hour, so you come and check my grocery." And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm a big fan of self-checkout. Yeah. I want to get out of the store as fast as possible with a, as limited interaction as I can with employees that work there, right? Why is that? Well, because the quality of service has declined over time. People don't know what the hell they're doing. People get things wrong all the time. There's a, you know, price discrepancy or something like or like, you know, if I'm just getting a couple of things, I just want to get in there so much quicker. I can scan. I can bag right? better than most people who get paid to do that.
2: Well, and also, I mean, you walk around the store and you collect the things you'd like to. To me, it's kind of like complaining about that. Oh, well, you don't pay me $20 an hour to shop here. So I'm not. You're like, it's not really that much different. It's not a huge inconvenience. It's a very easy thing. It makes sense. And I don't really get why a lot of people are up in arms about it. Um, And there's there's a lot of things like that where it's just so much easier if humans are replaced by robots or AI or whatever in those certain things. And honestly, people don't want to work those jobs anymore anyways. And we're developing new jobs that do need people for those jobs. So this is kind of just the natural progression of things.
1: It seems that way to me, but many people argue against it. Yeah.
3: And you know, they can. As far as I'm concerned, you should... You know, like, get what you want. Um, you know, I mean, Walmart generally has cash registers open. Get in line and do that thing. Well, they also have a large uh, self-checkout Personally, area. I, at the grocery store, if I've got vegetables, which mm-hmm. is almost every time, I'll usually get in line to let the uh, the cashier take care of the vegetable thing. Why? I don't really... I mean, I've done it a couple of times at the self-checkout, you know, the weighing it, the finding it, and all that stuff. But, yeah. you know, I, I figure they're... Guild going through the list and they know where the cucumbers are or whatever um, I don't know why I picked that it's the one vet one thing I won't eat <laughs> but uh, you know I they can they can tell the difference between the cilantro and the parsley and you know these kind of things and they just you know bring them up and off they go so eh, I just let them do it if
1: you know how to repair stuff yeah right that's where the real human value yep. comes in uh, in my opinion uh, and you know the trades are where it's at. Uh, robots AI 3d printing they might help these industries along mm-hmm. in ways shapes and forms that we haven't imagined yet but the creativity and the skills to put it together in in the right way that's not going away anytime soon so uh, welding carpentry plumbing, plumbing electrical should always right. be
3: mentioned I have never met a poor plumber um, yeah. I mean those right? bastards you plumbers um yeah I mean it's, it's it's a great earning job I've got to say this as far as teaching young people to uh for trades and that kind of thing. My son Jack has developed this uh whatever I'm like come on we're going to go hang a picture for your muffy. Okay. Um you know or whatever we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, Right. Like, he's never seen Adam's family. Where did he get this groan from? I have no clue. I have no idea. And it's not like I scream at him when he holds the light. Yeah, You know what? When he holds the light, he's terrible at it. I probably do scream at it for that part.
1: So you're telling me Jack has not become a jack of all trades?
3: Yeah, well, he's he's a lot better off than his contemporaries. I can tell you that. That's good. That's good. It's great. just because he's had to. Wow. Well, but he I'm, probably could, yeah. he couldn't fix a small engine. No. Yeah, me I mean, I mean, yeah, either. me either. Yeah. Well, there are people there I mean, are people who can. So I, I might get them.
1: lucky and diagnose it right the first time and then figure out what I need to replace in it and be able to do that. Might. Yeah. But like I'm like I'm gonna go ask somebody else first. Right. I'm not gonna be like, yeah, oh yeah, I know exactly what to I'm gonna be like yeah, let me call this other guy who's way better at this than me, right? I will defer to
3: a legitimate authority. Right. Yeah. Somebody who I consider an expert in a thing that I'm not an expert in. I uh, got a lot of training in fixing houses, not a lot of training in fixing vehicles. So I do the house stuff that's just labor intensive, and I leave the vehicles to somebody else. Uh-huh. And I do not touch electric. You know, I'm, that's
2: usually a good advice to, I'm to not, not, not touch do it. electric. Yeah.
3: Going to call an I, electrician.
1: I, it depends on what it is and whether or not I know where the off switch is to turn, like, everything off to make sure that there is no energy, right? I know how to touch something that to the ground. That part isn't what bothers me. It's to, the To long make sure term. that there's any yeah. discharge, whatever that—right, yeah. I mean, but if—like, I could probably replace a standard outlet, right? Oh, I could do that. Shot, I'll, okay, right? I'll you replace know? the standard outlet. I could go turn off the electricity, <laughs> wire up an outlet, you know, or un- undo and redo, uh, an outlet or something like that, or replace a switch, maybe. Uh, but like, the more complex it gets, the less likely I am to tackle it myself.
3: And notice on the list of trades, we didn't men- mention electrician, who is probably the chief among I, them. I did worry or worry uh, mention electrician. Okay, good. Because that's something I'm
1: hiring out most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Because I well, don't that's wanna,
2: why they make like hundred and fifty dollars yeah. an hour. I don't. Or, I don't want to burn more. my
1: place down either immediately or later. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. <I> do it <laughs> yeah. <wrong. laughs> That's uh, always a nice surprise. Here
2: in the right?
3: They're 150 years old. You want to keep them. Right.
1: A uh, FOBO is occurring with college educated workers, among whom the percentage worried has jumped from 8% to 20%, Gallup said. At the same time, survey data showed those without college degrees could care less about AI taking their jobs. <laughs> Take yeah. it. Take it. <laughs> Most of the FOBO is occurring with younger respondents.
3: Uh, they've got some charts here that I'm not going to attempt to decipher over the air. So uh, real quick, this this one sector just makes incredible margins. Coffee. Yeah. Right? I mean, they they take what was at one point, uh, it, it had great margins, but I mean, you know, you think of what, 20 cents in coffee, maybe, you know, a few more cents in sugar and cream, the, the paper cup, you know, a few things, you pour it in yep. from the little... Earn thing into the No the now we've got
1: we've got artisan coffee.
3: But couldn't the gizmos I mean, aren't the gizmos already producing pretty tasty coffee in convenience stores? Why is it that the 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 cappuccino has to be done by a human being? I'm thinking- it doesn't
2: because they mess it up every single time. I every time I order a coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, Gourmet Donuts and insert donut coffee shop here, yeah, they always make it different and i'm ordering you know easy coffee like iced coffee with whole milk and light sugar mm. and they just sometimes it's extra sugar yes. sometimes it's no sugar sometimes they get it just right but, but very rarely if you had a you know a machine doing that b- i'm sure it'd be perfect every single time
1: yeah, yeah. the the thing about coffee is they've Consistent. made it they've made it into a production right yep. and so it allows people to be well snootier than they actually are the article here continues talking about Fobo, and it says the number one worry respondents had was AI and other technological advancements harming their job benefits. About one third said they were worried about reduced benefits, and almost a quarter worried about decreasing wages. Uh, the wake-up call for workers has been the release of ChatGPT last November. It's only—it's not even been out a year, right? ChatGPT. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, quote, changed the world. it is no longer only about robots standing in for humans in warehouses and on assembly lines, but it has expanded to online programs conducting sophisticated language based work, including writing computer code. Now, I've already experienced uh, this obsolescence, right? And that is to say that AI uh, has become so good at reproducing the human voice, just sure. audio files. That uh, my bread and butter, which was voicing uh, telephone systems for businesses, right? Uh, You know, press one for sales, press two for service, press three for this, that, and the other thing, right? Um, uh, I would voice all that stuff, and so that would create repeat customers because... You know, every couple of years they're going to redo something, you know, some of some of the organizations prefer a list of everybody's name that you read to them instead of them recording their own because they want it to sound more consistent and professional or whatever. And so then you'd get repeat work because you'd have to go in and update this stuff whenever there was employee turnover or if they were acquired by another company, you'd have to change the company name and all this kind of stuff. None of that exists anymore or at least uh, it doesn't on any of the newer uh telephony systems. There's some old systems out there, some on-premise systems that you know still, you know have the need for people like me to do that kind of work. But
3: uh, there's still by and
1: large, by and large now all anybody has to do is call in tier 1 customer service and be like, "Yeah, uh you got the old list playing for the employee directory. Uh I just submitted you in text the new list. Can you make the change?" Like, "Hold on a second, Tap 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 copy paste the ai does all the work yeah there's not a human that has to go in and record that upload it right make sure it's the right volume no the ai just does it all and it sounds
3: incredibly real i have played ai voice um commercials on free talk live in the past just to see what it was like yeah and see if people could you know would make comments not a one never crickets now they may have known but nobody said anything
1: no what i'm saying is technology has gotten so good that even a seasoned professional at doing this me can't tell like i can't tell the difference i could not tell they have so many different choices now you can choose like the most popular male english but you can choose a tenor, a baritone. Mm. You can choose like a, like And a, choose a, between them. Yeah, you can choose like, a, a, what do they call it, mid-Atlantic. You can choose urban. You can choose—right? And there's these different subculture accents that they've perfected. Yeah. Right? Uh, you could choose female. Yeah, they, the you urban that's southern. not too urban
3: is very popular.
1: Right, right. You can choose uh, uh, female high voice, female mid voice, female low voice uh you can choose soothing you can choose piercing you can choose like all these different descriptors for all these voices and it's just a it's a checkbox yep right this previously was you would have to search through hundreds of people to find the right voice for your company for your organization right and then maybe some companies if they're making enough money would just continue to hire that person for, as long as you know, they did it. As long as they did And then it morphed into, well, we'll hire a person with these talents, but also have them do other stuff, right? So they're combining roles now, right? They're finding somebody with a talented voice to also do some other stuff. And so that's kind of where I found myself. And then now, like, even my sort of uh, side work, right, where I would get these, like, hey, you did our, our voice system for us back in you know 2004. Do you think? You, and I'd be like, sure, right? You know, Send me some PayPal or whatever and that kind of thing. It's dried up, gone. Yeah. They've all been migrated onto new systems where that is no longer necessary. It's all done by digital technology AIs. It's progress. It is. And, like, I'm picky. But when <laughs> I listen to these systems, they're great. I'm like, I don't know that I could have done any better right quite honestly you know they're they're great now uh they don't turn out great when the person uh, doing the programming of the system screws up right they yep. use a comma where they shouldn't have right. or an extra space or they misspell a word and so now the ai doesn't quite know how to pronounce it some of the more uh ethnic sounding names and i'm you know i'm thinking of like uh, polish names russian names right these long eastern europeans uh asian names for that
3: matter the the english speaking Uh, voices can't get Spanish words uh, proper. But they do have Spanish available. Yeah, they They do. uh, Like all the
1: multiple languages. And it's even to a point where if somebody were to submit a script for their whole phone system uh, and they only submitted it in one language, right? The, The telephony systems that are being developed now can just transduce that. It'll translate it for you. Nice. And so if you're like, oh yeah, we also want, if somebody presses four to get this whole thing in English, it'll translate it for you. Now, in my opinion, you should still run that by somebody who speaks Spanish, yeah. or if it's in Spanish and you translate it English, you want to run it by somebody just for yeah, you don't want to contextual, mess that up. you know, purposes. But as long as you do that, just as a CYA, uh, it's going to come out great. This article just sort of wraps up by saying uh, this is all a very big problem for those with uh, for those college students accumulating insurmountable student debt for degrees that may be proven worthless.
2: Uh yeah,
1: I, I but they mean, were
2: worthless before. I mean, and a lot of these degrees, it's like we can't blame this on A.I. Your degree was already worthless. I'm sorry, your gender studies degree. What are you going to do with that? I mean, maybe you could become a professor if you get like a doctorate. Is it the
1: art degree? And like, people go, Oh, I got
3: a yeah. degree in art. Like, oh, how well, about do you? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're sitting mean, here on a radio? How yeah, about a communications degree? Oh, was it yeah. ever worth anything? You
1: know, I, I did. I attended a uh, school for audio engineering in, in <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota, in '90.
3: Now, those guys I still respect, <laughs>
1: '93. And uh, like, it was on the cusp of the digital revolution, right? Mm-hmm. So, I had to learn uh, things that don't exist anymore, like destructive editing. Imagine cutting something and not being able to undo mm. ever. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, had no level of undo, right? So and then there's when no you, back
2: arrow. What yeah, do you do?
1: No, you Fry. well, yeah, or you go re-record. Yep. Yeah, right. I mean, you had to just lay down new tracks. You had to call the yeah. band up and be like, "Uh, sorry guys, I sort of sort of killed the drummer's take, and you know we need him come in and do another take." Fired. You know, that's
3: that's what would happen, right? Yeah. That's how you knew the good ones from the bad ones. Oftentimes you would do more than one take and you just take the second take that they didn't know about. And you that's, just... that's a smart and
1: seasoned audio engineer, yes. yes. <laughs>
4: uh,
1: so, like, you know, this was sort of, so I learned the analog ways, which is very beneficial to me for a lot of reasons. It taught me basic networking because a recording studio is a network. It's just a whole bunch of gazintas and gazatas, as they <laughs> say on the Beverly Hillbillies, right? Uh, oh, the sound comes from here and gazinta here? Where does it gazata? Oh, gazata there. Oh, okay. Well, where does it gazinta from there? Oh, it goes into here, right? And you just wire stuff up appropriately, right? But that's like networking 101 is just signal flow, right? The signal starts here. It goes here. Yep. It takes a left. It goes over here. It takes a right. And then it ends up at the destination, which is the speaker, right? So same I'll thing I'm doing here tonight. It. Right? Oh, it's the truth. I've,
3: I've sat there and been told, you know, walked through these things. And by the end of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I completely understand. And then, you know, two months later when I've got to do it again, I've forgotten everything.
1: <laughs> oh, that You've just summed up my entire life. Yeah, I know.
3: <laughs> Ian. and you know ian's like oh god you know again yeah. again
1: yeah again yeah ian will show me things from time to time and i'll be like yeah i don't remember any of
3: that sorry man yeah i'm old i remember when i was young and i'd say Learn things quickly yeah i don't think i do anymore yeah now i uh i have a phrase that i i
1: used to use on a resume i think it was a uh, adjusts easily in multitask situations. Hmm. That sounds pretty good, right? What does it actually mean? Well, first of all, it points out that I'm not very good at multitasking. right? But I'll adjust to it if you really want me to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Interesting note, a microphone and a speaker are the exact same technology.
2: Ah, uh, yes, you've told me this on before. Yeah,
1: like you can reverse the things, and, and and I did this in school when I was going for audio engineering, where you can just plug a speaker into an XLR cable, a mic cable, yeah. and then plug you know the amplifier at a very low level uh, into the back of the microphone, and you can talk into the speaker and go in the other room and listen to it back out of the microphone. So, so you're you-
3: telling me that uh, Gilligan's Island, um, they had that radio and they could have broadcast and got out of there well it's my recollection that they did broadcast no they didn't broadcast they tried to uh, that would All right. they would power up that radio and be like hey you know we're looking for somebody no I, us. I, they may have had a radio on the boat or something but there was this white uh bakelite radio that they had and um the professor said that there was no way and i don't believe there is there's no transmitter um right so so right that's a yeah that wouldn't work in that scenario no. But, like, if you are at a live
1: concert, um, you could, in theory, uh, wire up the speakers and the microphones in the opposite form.
2: It'd probably sound it, bad. No, it
1: sounds horrible because microphones are designed to take <laughs> yeah, input oh in and then transduce it and then be processed before it goes out the speaker to make it sound as good as it possibly can. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that they're, they're both made of the same components. They have a diaphragm, Mm -hmm. they have uh, a spring of some sort, or they're spring loaded in some way so that they bounce, they're resilient. Uh, they are the exact same technology. Just a microphone is a much smaller version of a speaker and a speaker is a much larger version of a microphone as far as technology is concerned. Got it. We just happen to have a story that is rock and roll oriented. Uh, it is about the infamous, if you will, Alice Cooper. And he's had he's had fame, of course, and he's an old school recording artist. Yeah. So he made money back in the day, uh, enough to be well-respected amongst his peers and amongst rock and roll and a well-known name.
2: He's got his own radio show, too.
1: He does, uh, his own podcast yeah. as well, uh, which I think is just one and the same, kind of mm-hmm. like we do here. We turn oh, okay. our show into a podcast or yeah, whatever Yeah, because I
2: didn't hear about the podcast. Makes but, sense.
1: Um, That's cool. So he is, uh, if for folks who don't know who Alice Cooper is, One of the originators of something called shock rock, right? Back in the day in radio, you heard of shock jocks. These were jocks who would be uh, way too zany and, like, uh, you know, maybe say things that had never been said on radio before, uh, irking, like, conservatives and, you know, all sorts of other people. Alice Cooper was of that ilk as well. He would put on what I call a rock opera, a, a horror rock stage show. So his stage show would feature things like uh, a fake guillotine beheading. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. uh, these were like you know, sort of his closers, right yep. at the end of the show. This thing, you know, he goes, he puts on a show. Uh, the show has all sorts of like bit actors that come out and do things. So it's very, you know, it tells a story. It sows seeds of a story throughout the show, and then it has some big, sort of shocking ending at the end of the show that made the kids go wild and you know, irked the parents.
3: There was also the uh, the the biting the head off of a bat. Remember this one? That was Ozzy. Yeah, well, whoever I it did it. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was this thing that like we were just shocked
2: yeah it. sniffing the line of uh ants that was a good one too that ozzy did yeah and i think a lot of that like a lot of ozzy's behaviors was definitely drug-induced oh got <laughs> some of that encouragement yeah um but
3: there was this sort of um that guy could barely talk uh, you know 20
1: years ago when he was oh you know, now yeah. yeah yeah Be- before the advent of the series of uh, movies called jackass Yep, where basically they try to outstunt themselves, right? Yeah, well, that yeah, was well, rock can, and roll back in the like, day. Yeah, I mean, rock and roll on. back in the day was this series of people trying to outdo each other for the most publicity. Yeah. right. They would put on stunts like biting a bat's head. Yeah, right? I mean Snorting Keith, a Keith a Richards, ants,
2: And I mean people that were just notorious. For trashing hotels and
1: chucking uh, yeah. TVs out windows and all that yeah, fun stuff. Yeah,
2: I mean even Jimi Hendrix in the '60s was setting his guitar on fire, yep. and you know, yeah. I mean that's just that's that's rock and roll, baby.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> Alice Cooper is that old? He comes from yeah. you know the like he was putting records out in the '70s. Yeah.
2: Don't let the black hair fool you. It's uh it's dye. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it it looks
3: in, it. I mean he is.
2: Oh he, yeah. He's he definitely looks aged like he's been uh,
3: road hard and hung up wet.
2: Yeah. Um. And you know what I like about Alice Cooper is the creativity with it. Like, there's there's rock and roll stunts just, like, spontaneously doing crazy stuff or, mm-hmm. or destroying property. That's actually kind of really not cool, actually. Um, but when it comes to Alice Cooper shows, I mean, I've seen Alice Cooper recently within the past, like, six or seven years. Um, and he's still doing the theatrics. Right. But, you know, it's it kind of similar to Guar. We love bringing up Guar on this show. We do. Um, I do. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's planned out. And it's, you know, it's not, like, super intricate, but it it has that aspect of, you know, it being...
1: Yeah, they have... It, Alice Cooper, much like Guar features practical special effects, right? Yes. There'll be fake blood or, you know, something draining from somewhere, yeah. whether it's, like, oil or blood or something along those lines. Uh, usually something related to, like, a horror story, right? Yes. Alice Cooper likes to spin horror stories, whereas uh, Guar are... Supposedly, intergalactic aliens yeah. who have come to Earth just to have fun while Earth sort of implodes upon itself yeah. thanks to mankind. <laughs> but I, I love mean, that. like yeah.
2: a lot of people go to the Guar show because they're like, "I want to be front row with my white t-shirt." They want to get yeah. soaked; like that's part of the allure. And I mean, Alice Cooper. I mean, Kiss was doing a lot of special effects. Yep. Um, you know, back in the, the day, face uh, makeup uh, and all that kind of yeah, stuff, very like, Kiss era. A lot of these. Um, Acts were kind of, you know, it, it was an act. Yeah. It wasn't just the rock and roll music. Like, it was a show, and that's why people were going to see. Nowadays, you don't always get that with a lot of artists. Right. You know, like, you might have Taylor Swift dancing on stage with her guitar in a little, like, sequence in you know, a leotard thing. Yeah. But, I mean, you're not getting the the really, like, interesting theatrics. Right. Yeah, and a, you're paying way more
3: for it. Yeah, so. there's there's a lot more competition yeah. um, back in the day. And and I really, I got to wonder, uh, you know, like touring and making music are two totally different things these days. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. The business has changed so much yeah. since I cared about the music business, you know, 20 years ago <laughs> that yep. I don't even know how they do make money now.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like uh, yeah. Yeah, I put out a three song EP on, on the 4th of July. I'm sorry, Independence Day. Independence Day, not in the 4th of July. I mean, you might think they're the same thing. I just like to call it one over the other. Um, And, you know, I knew going into it that I'm never going to recoup my money, right? Uh, I did independent local bands for 22 years out in the Seattle area where, you know, there is an audience and there are people, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, Putting a thing out online without, you know, a tour behind it, uh, you know, is a risky proposition as is. But I didn't do it necessarily for the accolades or the money or whatever. I did it because it's just an extension of me and who I mm-hmm. am yep. in, in bringing the message of peace and freedom and philosophy. Uh, I also feel like there's definitely a vacancy – Uh, Within, we'll call it libertarianism, voluntarism. You know, people of the freedom mind. There's a a vacancy in the rock and roll and heavy metal department.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right.
1: There's there's country artists. There's folk artists. Yeah. You got some
2: like the hippie music too.
1: You've got some like rap and R and B stuff going on, right? Like the these types of acts exist and they have, we'll say, libertarian esque messages uh, in their music. And I was like. There aren't really a lot of metal bands that fall into that category.
2: Which is surprising. Yeah. I mean, but that used to be the punk thing. Right. Right? You know, like earlier metal-ish music was more anarchist
1: right. yeah. leaning. Or at least anti, right? It was always it's anti, definitely. Yes, yeah, anti a, a rebellious something. <laughs> yeah, they're rebelling against something, you know, insert topic, du jour. Right, well, but they I mean, were always about no, screw that, man. That's not the way you do it. You know, they're,
3: they're they're appealing to teenagers who know they don't like the way things are done. They just don't know the re- best way to do it, and so anti really works for them.
1: Vampire with a Y, V M P Y R E. Vampire Cosmetics uh, has announced this is uh, August twenty fifth. Has just announced their collaboration with Alice Cooper due to his transphobic remarks. So they're, they're ending their relationship on August 25th. As soon as they
3: say transphobic remarks, I know that the next thing that follows is going to be a series of gibberish. Yeah. Let's find out.
2: <laughs>
1: on August 25th, a statement was released from the brand's IG page. I don't know what IG means. Instagram. Oh, thank you. So I thought they were referring to some department within the, the company or something. Like, nope. you Yeah, know, public relations or something. Here's the quote. In light of recent statements by Alice Cooper, we will no longer be doing a makeup collaboration. We stand with all members of the LGBTQIA plus community and believe <laughs> that's yeah. the gibberish. And and believe <laughs> <There> everyone <is. laughs> should have access to health care. All pre order sales will be refunded.
2: Spoiler alert, nothing Alice said had anything to do with denying people health care or even
1: TQIA plus.
2: I would argue he what didn't what he said wasn't even transphobic.
1: I'm assuming
3: the question everybody wants to know is, what the heck did he actually say? I, I think, I, I know I read it when it came out, and I think I know what it is. Before we get there, uh, the LGBT-owned Vampire Cosmetics had already launched pre-sales
1: for Alice Cooper's collection on August 14th and on their website. They explained that the collection will carry both physical and trend-wise characteristics of Alice. This collection will exude Alice's style and feature guitar and amplifier-shaped makeup palettes, microphone-styled lipsticks, and a major highlight for Alice Cooper and makeup fans to look forward to is a new version of Alice Cooper's iconic Whiplash Mascara. In the interview that ended it all, he described transgender as fad and stated that it is detrimental to teach children and teens about the gender spectrum. Here's the quote. I'm understanding that there are cases of transgender, but I'm afraid that it's also a fad, and I'm afraid there's a lot of people claiming to be this just because they want to be that. I find it wrong when you've got a six-year-old kid who has no idea, he just wants to play, and you're confusing him by telling him, yeah, you're a boy, but you could be a girl if you really want to be. I think that's so confusing to a kid, it's even confusing to a teenager. You're still trying to find your identity and yet here's this thing going on saying, yeah, but you can be anything you want. You can be a cat if you want to be. That's the quote.
3: I think, and well, for one, they have cat kin is yeah. one of the genders. Um, yep. So this isn't some kind of argumentum ad absurdum here where, uh, you know, some conservative says, I want to be an Apache attack helicopter, which, you know, I, I guess if you can be a cat, you can be an attack helicopter. But whatever. Right. Um the And I used to do a shtick here on the show where I did, I'm intergalactic space king. Yeah. I identify, I'm a trans monarchist. I identify as your ruler. And trans monarchist. If you don't agree with my gender identity, which is your ruler, you suck. You're a bad person. Circumcising
1: babies.
2: <laughs> yeah. Opened up this can of worms.
1: Um. So, uh during the break, we were discussing this, and I'll just quickly recap. I was reading uh, medical arguments uh, that say that uh, if there was any medical benefit to uh, circumcising children, uh, that that benefit has expired thanks to you know modern medicine. So any westernized area that is, You know, has modern medicine available to it, whether it's in a socialist form or you know, somewhat capitalist form. uh, That as long as they have that available to them, the dangers of any medical things arising from a lack of circumcision are irrelevant, Uh, save for some fringe cases here and there. Somebody develops something, and maybe it's the best medical idea to go ahead and get it done at that point. So I maintain that uh, taking a knife to a child that is not. Uh, able to uh, reason, discern, make a choice yeah, day, uh, is is a it, violation of the NAP.
2: You skipped a part. What they tie them down first?
3: Of course, well, you, they, you don't want them moving. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but Mark seems to disagree. Yeah, I disagree. So the NAP is
1: the non-aggression principle. Yeah,
3: it means that you shall not initiate violence, violence. against another human. Um, initiate meaning that violence is acceptable. If that human aggresses against you, self-defense right. in self-defense, right? Yes. And some people will stipulate it's the non-aggression principle only applies to adults. Mm-hmm. So, now the question: the relationship between child and uh, parent is highly unique. It is, and a parent needs to be able to make a decision. I'd like to point out that there used to be a uh, operation that was matter of course yeah. for our age group. Uh, back when you and I were young, you may not even have your tonsils. Uh, I still do, actually. Okay. But it was very, very common for them to be removed. I don't know what they are. Yeah. But today, we have decided that we don't need to remove tonsils, as a matter of course. a kid gets a sore throat, you don't need to take tonsils out. Now, for whatever reason, I never got my tonsils taken out. I had plenty of sore throats as a kid. It's interesting that you and I both have our tonsils. Yeah. But... I'll bet. I'll bet you the majority of our contemporaries do not. Nikki, do you have tonsils?
2: I do. Yes. Okay. Um do you, So did, tonsils. Were, are, were kids I, getting
1: their tonsils removed when you were growing up in school and stuff? like Um,
2: that? not as common when I was. I think that like just was stopping once I was a kid. Okay. Um, and they're part of the lymphatic system, from what I know. Yeah. So there's some similar but different to lymph nodes. Um, so when you get sick, you know your lymph nodes get kind of inflamed because yep. that's what is filtering through. You know that's. Your, your body's immune system, like, that's part right. of it. Um, so I think that's where it was. Like, if you were getting infections in um, the tonsils to just remove them.
3: Yeah. But. So we don't call that throat mutilation.
1: Well, but we're also not performing it on a
3: baby. Well, you're performing it on a young person who doesn't get to make any more of a decision about it. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, does it make a difference if they're six or eight or whatever the age was for tonsils generally to come out? And your parents say- But it's generally explained to the child that this is what's going on and the child make understands. A they they don't have an option. The choice was not on the table. Okay. I'm only. It's not a perfect analogy, Captain. Few analogies are. Sure. Yeah. What the point I'm trying to make is, is that these people were doing the best- With what they had at the time. People were making money on tonsil operations. Sure. Yeah. Um, You know, there's probably a doctor out there. I made millions in tonsils, um, you know, and now we don't do it because we've learned better.
2: Well, I mean, at one point people were doing bloodletting, you know, like that was a very, very common medical practice a few hundred years ago.
3: The president Garfield is dead because of it. Um, you there know, are, there's people who still do that, by the way. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: I've heard of this. Yeah, um, and or the leeches, people- they'll use the leeches too. Yeah, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff.
3: And so. I'd be willing to bet that there are parents out there that are still getting tonsils taken out of their kids. Maybe yeah. one out of a thousand. I'm just guessing a number here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I can stop
3: anybody from doing whatever the heck it is. I'm just saying that it's wrong. I hear you, and I uh, am against generally the notion of. Uh, circumcision, and I, mean, I would go so far as to say it is not a violation of the NAP because a NAP, the the non-aggression principle, requires that you, I mean, to to aggress against your child. Everybody's doing what they do for the best, for their best reasons, whatever those reasons. I are. I mean, like, is child abuse then not a NAP violation? Well, it depends on what you consider child abuse. If somebody's getting drunk and beating their kid- I consider taking a
1: knife to a baby's genitals, child (laughs) abuse. Well, taking a knife to their throat is what? It's also child abuse. Okay. Or if, like, I I mean, I understand that, like, medical technology progresses, medical knowledge progresses, right? I get that, right? But, like, if tonsillitis- Uh, no longer results in you getting your tonsils removed, then for the same reason that a tonsillectomy is no longer performed, circumcision should also no longer be performed. I would agree with that statement. Robert in South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live.
4: Yes, I, I asked my parents about circumcision, and they said that the reason why they thought it was a good idea is because they were afraid that a, a, an infection could develop between the head of my penis and the the, fore, the underside of my foreskin, and they figured that, that that they believed that would be safer. The other thing is that my father's side of the family was Jewish, my mom's side of the family was Christian, and they both believed that the Jewish laws for, for that related to that were actually developed because over many centuries, I mean, actually over millennia, yeah, millennia. The the, the the Jewish people developed those 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 rules those rules and regulations, and after having observed other people for very long periods of time, that's how they came up with the kosher. Would you well.
1: uh, support taking a scalpel to uh, a newborn and uh, cutting off their left arm because the belief of your religion was that left-handed people are the devil's work?
4: No, because my stepfather was left-handed and he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. A lot, in fact, a lot of people believe that people who are extreme, who are dext- ambidextrous, brilliant, and also uh, are very have very good use of their hands. And my stepfather did surgery and that kind of thing. And it, quite the opposite. They think that people who are left-handed are actually maybe even a little bit better. But no, I certainly wouldn't.
3: Okay. <laughs> Uh, That's all I got. I mean, uh, again, people have their own feelings. And I think we have to let, uh, I mean, as libertarians, I think we have to let humankind go the way that it wants to go, whatever that means. And we're going to take a lot of blind turns.
1: It's Major Payne calling from Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live.
0: Hey, good evening. Yeah, Captain, after spending an hour talking about penises, you certainly should have seen a Moby Dick joke coming. (laughs) That is it.
1: That is it. Yes. Uh, Although, to my credit, credit, I did admit being a little slow on Sundays.
0: Well, you've obviously never uh, read the book, but I can, uh, if you watch the movie In the Heart of the Sea, it condenses the whole thing, plus the writing of it, down to just a couple hours. It's a good movie, real good movie.
1: All right. What were you calling about tonight?
0: Well, <laughs> I feel like that
3: movie, uh, you know, has you like it. It does a great job of ma- of making you feel like, yeah, you know, you're rooting for the whale at certain points. And I love that part of it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to ch- chime in with that. That's what we do.
0: No, he, he, Mark, you're right. I mean, it's entertaining through and through and it takes you through all pretty much aspects of emotion you can uh, think about. But, um, you Mark, you mentioned earlier how Ian would say something like, oh, yeah, burn the cop cars, yeah, 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 and you'd object to him. Well, this came across my radar probably three, four weeks ago, and I just kept forgetting to call in and tell you about it. Up in, uh, I think it was Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, up in the UP. Might have been Ishpeming or one of the other little birds. But anyway, some guy, and he was from Florida, no less. Mm. Lit five state police cars on fire. Uh-huh. And uh of course they caught him because you know a state trooper parking lot's gonna have video surveillance up the yin yang. But name... I think where he made his mistake is then he decided to shoot all the damn cars.
3: Was, was alcohol involved?
1: Major. Was there
3: alcohol involved?
0: Uh, probably so, and probably some kind of screwing by that particular post, too, I would imagine. It
3: reminds me of the Cool Hand Luke uh, <laughs> movie. Um, by the way, out of Florida, uh-huh. what we have here is a failure to, to communicate. communicate. <laughs>
0: right, <yes. laughs> um, so,
1: wait, when, approximately when noise. was this? Do, do you remember, Major? Approxima- What's that? When When this five- oh, I,
0: I it, it was probably about uh, a month ago it came to light. So and it I was before
1: Mark New visited New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> it could be uh, me. just uh, a quick uh, in-out yeah, uh, there I'm, in Michigan. I'm not, I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm just pointing out evidence.
0: Uh, the, the other one: have you guys heard about this uh, kid that was murdered by the police down south like 11 years ago? Which and one? has been festering like a pimple ever since.
1: It, there's so many and, of these.
0: Uh, it's come to light as the guy's name is uh, what Billy Joe Johnson.
1: Yep. And yeah, I remember
0: can't that remember if it's Alabama, Mississippi, or Georgia that this transpired in. Is it Louisiana, maybe. Ended up beating him, you know, real bad. Yeah. Blowing his head off with a shotgun. Wow. Claiming it was suicide because he had his own shotgun in the truck he'd been out hunting earlier that day, but his his crime in life was that he liked to date white women. And that was not acceptable. Mm -hmm. So there's like five white cops going down for this. And then five black cops going down for it, too, just because they stood back and watched and didn't do anything about it. Right. But it always makes me smile when uh, they finally get some of their own damn comeuppance.
3: I feel bad when anybody gets um, ten years. If you're saying ten years, that may not be the. I don't know what the length of time is, but I always wonder about going after people who, you know, it's years and years ago. There was a there was a bomber of a black church uh, down in the south. They got there was Carl uh, Demyanyak who was like the butcher of Dachau or something like that. I remember and, that
1: name vaguely.
3: Yeah they they grabbed a f- they they grabbed these people who have. Lived lives since whatever the crime was that occurred, and usually it's pretty heinous. And then, and they've turned into somebody different now. You know, they're not Mm -hmm. the same person that they were, and then going after them, it just feels very much like trying to feed the crowd. Yeah! kill him, you right. know, and it, it just doesn't make much sense to me personally. I don't like the, I don't like the old crimes when they um, get back. I'd like to know about somebody who did something recently.
2: That recently happened with um Danny something. I forget what his last name is, but he was one of the actors in the TV show, That 70 Show, and he was oh, yeah. just prosecuted recently <sighs> for, for rape. a ra- rape yeah. that happened, like played, uh... allegedly happened 20, 25 years ago or, or some something like yeah. that.
1: yeah. Sarah in New Mexico calling. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live.
5: Oh, I just want to say that New Mexico, we lost our number one um, ranking this year. We dropped to the second place. Of what? As far as pedestrian fatalities per capita. Oh, who beat you out? I think it was uh, Memphis, Tennessee or something. Oh.
3: Well, it had to be a state, right? Oh. Or is, well, it, uh, or is it by a, metro, a like Albuquerque? I
5: think it goes by state.
3: All right, so.
5: But I, yeah. So I what, New, New Mexico
1: is now number two in pedestrian deaths?
3: Yeah,
5: per capita.
1: Are you
3: going to take yeah. this as a victory? I mean, like, your, your tireless activism for pedestrians has managed to drag <laughs> New Mexico out of the number one spot. Sarah, I, I for one, How long believe that you are a heroine. Twenty-two years? Twenty-two
1: years of pedestrian. I mean, that's a long time.
5: I Yeah, I know. It's like not getting abducted by an alien. I've managed not to get hit by a car at all.
3: Um, well, I hear both uh, of those things can happen in New Mexico.
5: Yeah, I, guess, I guess so. But uh, I, I really um, – I do take a credit that – I'm, I'm making fun that we lost our title, but, you know, I – um, lot of the good things about what happened was that we changed the road um, structure. So there was a lot of two-car lanes going one way, two-car mm. lanes with the yellow paint. So we narrowed many of the streets into two-car lanes and bicycle lane and widened sidewalks. We've done that a lot. You, you were out there, like,
1: shoveling and laying down the asphalt. When you say we, you were helping, you were pitching in?
5: 've always I've always called 311 city directory and I've always asked for these roads and I am still asking this uh, for this road I have a road like maybe two miles away Candelaria and it's two car lane going one way no bicycle lane and the sidewalk is like four feet with a yellow paint line I mean
1: wow I mean, that sounds horrible
5: your like oh it is it was made only for cars it was just only thing that I ever thought about was car flowing.
3: A road well, only made those, for cars. Who I did would do such it, a thing? I did look it up, and the National Transportation Safety Administration, uh, here the NTSa, uh, is still got Mexico as number one. But this is important. New Mexico, excuse me, New Mexico, number one as uh, per capita, the the population by one hundred thousand is their number one, but only barely above South Carolina. Hmm. But South Carolina has had a lot more deaths, and of course. California significantly more than that. It's it's by per capita, um, yeah, right. per capita. Um, so you know, hmm, interesting. So
5: I thought I thought we dropped to the regular. Are we still number one? I thought it was Memphis, Tennessee. Currently, Tennessee what I'm seeing,
3: one. um, the this is probably data from last year. Yeah, seven. this is data from 2020. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know when they update their website or anything like that, but uh, from 2020, New Mexico, um, where it has been, I've probably been looking at 2020, uh numbers for a couple of years now yeah still number one uh yoga class mistaken for a ritual mass killing
2: <laughs> that's how you, you know it's kind of a maybe a little bit of a red flag that I, you like read the title to me and i'm like oh yeah i could totally see how that would happen yeah that totally makes sense
1: i i read that and i'm like i don't even understand this like i'm imagining some guy who is you know, walked into I don't know, pick up his wife from yoga class or something, right? And, like, he sees this horrific thing, this horrific scene, and he runs out or he calls 911 or he runs down to the police station and is like,
3: I don't know what happened, but all these people in yoga pants are dead. I don't think it's a guy. Okay. All right. I, I just feel like to that level of worry is difficult for a man to generate. Well, uh, police discovered
1: that yogis practicing a corpse pose were not, in fact, dead. You guessed that, didn't you? Yeah. That's exactly what I said on the show. You said it. What is. uh, Well, let's get into the article first, and then I'll I'll ask questions. Okay. A yoga class in the English county of Lincolnshire was briefly thought to be the scene of a grisly ritual mass murder. They put it in italics. When members of the community alerted the police after mistaking a group of meditating yogis as being victims of a killing spree. So, so first of all, members of the community, more than one person, they're insinuating here. Five police cars arrived at the North Sea Observatory in Skegness on Wednesday evening. That'll kill a vibe. After dog walkers raised the alarm to a group of seven people lying prone on the ground in a dimly lit room with an eighth person walking around their apparently lifeless bodies. <laughs> So you got you to gotta jump from, from that to, oh,
3: my God, there's been a mass murder. Well, what if you just called it in and you're like, I have no idea what's going on here. But this is what I saw. I saw seven people lying on the floor, what appeared to be lifeless. They are in the corpse boat. And one person walking around amongst them. You can draw your own conclusions, police department. And then, of course, they would. I Like, maybe I have been conditioned to think of.
1: This type of a of a gathering, where people are, are doing yoga, like normally people are in the requisite yoga attire. Yeah. Normally they're you know maybe they got their hair up or they're in you know they're wearing a sweatband. A lot of these yoga people they bring their own mats.
2: Yeah. So right? they're on. So they're like on a, mat, like right? on a yeah. mat
1: and like these are like key indicators, anachronisms yeah. or, or that type of a thing where like you, you know you judge the environment by the indicators around it. These are things yeah. that would lead me to believe. That there is no mass murder occurring here.
3: You'd think so. Um, I maybe, but I don't know that. That's if what the, the mass scene murder occurred yet. at a yoga uh, event. Then what do you do? As a as a Quaker, I've experienced a few things where it's people are left kind of they don't know what to do. Okay. So, for instance, try to imagine if we're in um, you know a nursing home in one of their spare rooms, and one of the staff comes in to a Quaker meeting. It's unlike any other religious event where there's a guy standing up front telling you what you should think about God, right? Right, right. It's just, say, six or eight people in chairs, vaguely in a circle, Mm. not speaking. Many times their eyes are closed. You don't know what's going on. Right. And people kind of you know, putter around for a second and then they leave the room and, you know, whatever. And I'm not saying that that's exactly the same. I'm just saying many times people don't, they're they're inexperienced in this and it's um, okay. But I guess the, uh, what I, I don't know that somebody would jump to, this is a yoga class. They should jump to, this is a meditative experience and, um, you know, should leave these people alone, but, you know. I guess they didn't.
1: Shavasana, am I saying that?
3: Shavasana, yeah.
2: Shavasana.
1: Shavasana. What what is Shavasana?
2: A corpse pose. It's the um, Sanskrit translation of corpse pose. It's what
1: what impractical like it, how do you know if somebody's doing the corpse pose properly what in what you know so, um, what does that look like describe it
2: essentially you're lying down supine on a mat or Which on Which is that floor. a face up or face down face up okay um and typically your arms are laying down by your sides by like right beside your body with the palms slipped facing up um you know and you, and you're like supposed to be very relaxed right so eyes closed, eyes, eyes closed. Um, you know, your, 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 hips are rolling out. So your feet are kind of rolling out to the side. So we, we call it the corpse pose because if you happened to be dead, you might look like that. Right. Yep. Um, but as you already pointed out, like there would be indicators you'd probably, these people are probably on mats. Um, you know, they're probably wearing like some form of workout attire. Yep. I, I will also say though, when we do the ending shavasana meditation, um, it's typically like and like around five minutes. Yeah. So it's not like you're only laying down there for like thirty seconds. I mean, sometimes it's like five to possibly ten minutes. Yeah. So if they're laying like that for a long time, it might be like, uh, oh, they've been laying down for a long time, like.
3: But these are dog walkers. They're on their way past. Yeah. Um, they, they got a, a moment in time. I think yeah. that. So for one, this pose is great for spinal alignment. Yep. And it's great to everybody, – everybody needs a little time during the day to just sort of get mindful and rest. Okay. And so I like it for that. A little meditation. Uh, quote, they reported to the police they'd seen somebody walking
1: around in a room lit up with candles and what looked like dead people <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah. And, and what looked like dead people lying all over the floor, yoga teacher Millie Laws told the Washington Post. The couple thought it was some sort of ritual mass
3: killing. If you cease to get down on the ground get and get back up, <laughs> get back up, <laughs> <laughs> you won't. You you won't be able to at some point. Like as as an aging adult, I'm just saying uh, yeah. you got to get down and get no, back up. I... Like ten dead, get yeah. down, get back up ten times a day or something. Well- in order to maintain the ability to do and that. And that's
2: why we notice like in Japanese people like that where they're like culturally they sit on the floor a lot right. and they do a lot of stuff like that. The they're Asian a lot more, squat. Yeah, they're a lot more flexible and you know, I, I just watched the documentary on blue zones, right? And that was one of the things they noticed like a lot of these blue zones, their life is exercise, right? So they're like these Japanese people that are getting up and down off the ground, that's like doing a hundred squats a day. Right, yeah. When you're sitting in a chair... It's not that much effort for you to stand up off the chair a few times. I
1: speak from personal experience, having recently refloored yeah. some of my house and Did also some yoga. and and recovered uh, the the front porch.
3: Refloored a house.
1: Uh, yeah, getting down and then Get getting down. back up again at age fifty one is not what it used to be at uh, say age twenty two, for right. example. Uh yeah, mm-hmm. it's a completely different thing. you you plan, you're like, Okay, I'm gonna take a bunch of stuff and put it low now so that when I'm on the ground I can just sort of move around on the ground and take yeah. care of stuff until I run out, then I'll have to get back up and then, you know, repeat the process instead of grabbing a little bit of stuff, getting down, getting back up, go get somewhere, you know. You plan to
3: work a, in man and talk radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean, you've got to integrate exercise in your day or you're going to just age. I've well, even got if you little do, reminders though. to do things. Yeah. I, do, I, I do 12 burpees in the morning and 12 burpees at night. I do um, Asian squats throughout the day. I've got mm-hmm. these little reminders to do this stuff. And it looks funny, but... Yeah, I'm so, like, relatively if you're just, healthy for 52.
1: If you're just outside like walking around and like, you know, your watch or your calendar, you know,
3: notifies you to like do, do you just start doing them right there? Uh I try to get someplace where people aren't going to notice me. <laughs> the Asian squat is a little it's different. It's not like squats. It's not like body squats. It's okay. just sort of getting down into that position and staying there and doing things. So they'll garden for hours in this position. Um, I just want to be sort of used to it enough that I can, you know, before, when I started, I couldn't get all the way down into the Asian squat position. Right. Yeah. And now I can, and I can hold it for, you know, as long as I want to, basically. I'm, I'm not holding it for a very long period of time, maybe 30, 60 seconds, something like that. And then just as just so when I feel like, yep, I, my body's relaxed, and then I get back up and I go on well, But even day. if you
1: do that, you can't outrun Father Time, at least not
3: yet. At some point, I will die. Unless they figure out some hack for it. We'll see. Which, I mean, science now is at a point with... Uh,
1: Genetic programming, I don't know what else to call it, right? Gene splicing. Yeah, there's a term, it's epigenetics. Yes, thank you. Uh, Is that a point now where they're figuring out stuff at a lightning pace? Like, I'm not even on top of all the stuff that they're figuring out. Um, I know that they've made great strides in just uh, what I call BCI, which is, or or CBI, computer brain, brain brain-computer interfaces. Mm -hmm. They've made exceeding uh, strides in that to a point where, um, they're blind it, people can see, yeah. I, I've I talked about this recently, maybe even Friday on this show, where like they have the ability now to attach I'm going to call them leads to your eyeball, and then that transmits information to these leads, and then a computer deconstructs that. And creates an image yeah. so that a blind person can see at least a little bit. Yeah, which right? is amazing. And the clarity of that is growing. The last I looked into it, which was uh, 10, 15 years ago, they were at a point where you know they got to drill a hole in the back of your head and implant a thing that stays there. It's got to have a battery that you know you can wear at the time. It was just something that clipped onto a guy's belt with a couple of wires coming off his head or whatever. Uh, but that's like now it's like oh they can just put like a a watch battery inside of the thing and like you got to replace it every oh i don't know couple of years or something like that really yeah i mean
2: we are seeing a lot of developments in medical science yes um but we're also seeing you know the the younger generation is not expected to live longer than their parents and that is the first time we have seen that in recent history that's Um, diet and it is due to diet i mean we're seeing astronomical rates of obesity because yep. of the, you know, government subsidizing corn syrup and all wheat the processed and food, all of the processed food. You could have just exactly. stopped with corn.
3: They subsidize corn. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the,
2: yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, So, I and I also think we're becoming a lot less active. So, when we are seeing those blue zones where they have the highest amount of centennials, yeah. um, people who are over 100 years old, what you're seeing is people who are not really like hitting the gym and exercising their lifestyle is relatively active so they're gardening yep. they're they're walking they're walking everywhere they're walking you know, uphill, downhill. They're they're living in houses that have
1: three, Barefoot, to four, both sto- ways in the snow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. But
2: they, you know, they have you know multi-story houses that they so they're constantly climbing chairs, like the Asian people that are sitting on the floor and then getting up, and maybe you do that like fifty times a day, and that's like the equivalent of doing squats. Yeah, it's true. All sorts of things like that. Natural foods. They're not eating processed foods. They're not eating corn syrup. They're they not eating. Yeah, they yeah, they're not eating wheat that is sprayed with glyphosate. They yep. don't they're not eating um all of these like artificial dyes and all of this crap that we are eating in, you know, the American diet right. that is literally making people extremely sick, causing cancer, causing obesity, causing diabetes. All, most of those diseases are absolutely prevent- preventable. Um and it all comes down to diet and lifestyle.